This is the IDP After Show. Hello and welcome to the IDP After Show. I'm your host, Jace Abbey, coming at you from the other side of the Atlantic. And tonight, I'm joined by the wonderful Matt Record of the IDP Guys fame. I'm excited that we have a killer episode for you tonight as we're going to be talking about bounce back candidates, players we've seen produce at some level in the past and who we feel have a good chance to repeat that form again in the season ahead. Matt and I are going to go through uh, two linebackers, two defensive linemen and two defensive backs each delving into why we think they have a shot to bounce back in 2023 and perhaps help you win your fantasy leagues. Matt, a big welcome. How you doing, dude? Hello from, I, I guess, the other side of the pond as well. Depends on which side of the pond you're on. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about these these people, the return to glory. Uh, it, it's a fun topic that uh, will hopefully help people win their leagues. For sure. So we're going to start with uh, with linebackers, uh, move on to the defensive line before going on to the defensive backs. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Okay, cool. Right. So as my guest, it's your honor to go first. Who is the first of your linebackers who you think has a shot to bounce back in 2023 and why? Oh, so much pressure going first. Uh, let's start with Denzel Perryman, the newest member of the Houston Texans. So we know he's maybe not the most talented linebacker out there in terms of a straight skill set. Uh, but that doesn't matter in fantasy. As long as you're racking up tackles and making plays on the field, that's how you score points. He had a bit of a disappointing follow-up to his career year in 2021, where he had 154 combined tackles. Last year, he only had 83. He did miss some time due to some injuries. And he finds himself on a Texans team, which I don't know if anyone feels super confident with what the Texans are doing. Maybe other than, you know, as their future quarterback, right, in Stroud. But on defense, we know uh, Christian Kirksey uh, and uh, Christian Harris played pretty well down the stretch last year, but with the new defensive coordinator there, uh, it's hard to really have any confidence with who's going to be actually playing and performing. So Perryman has had success in the past. Uh, he's a plug-and-play guy who brings a veteran presence there on that defense. So I kind of like him to return, maybe not back to what, how many tackles did he have in this breakout not to the 154 combined tackles year uh but do i see him breaking like 120 tackles again and being a, a decent lb3 for you uh i think he can be yeah you've you've, you've pretty much nailed it there um so i <laughs> i try not to let my my personal feelings uh, you know cloud my judgment about a player as a, a fantasy asset as you can see i'm a i'm a Chargers fan ah. uh we we invested like a second round pick in impairment and like watched him falter for for six seasons um so i kind of gave up all hope in uh in seeing him uh you know become the player i hoped he would be so imagine imagine my frustration the season he leaves us he becomes a, a tackling machine for the raiders right so uh yeah as you said right i don't i don't think he's a a, a special player he's not particularly gifted um, but I do like his situation. I'm not a big believer in uh, in Christian Harris um, or or Christian Kirksey for that matter. I think he can, you know, fill a role, but nothing nothing special. So I can see Paraman carving out a a role there um, and bouncing back to produce, you know, at a decent level in in IDP. As you said, maybe not seeing that sort of those sort of heady heights we saw in 2021, um, but 
yeah, even if he came remotely close to that, he could be a you know a, a big factor in uh, in fantasy. So for him, he's he's another guy it comes back to health really. And there's a few guys on uh, on my list uh, for whom that that applies. He always seems to miss a lot of time because of injuries. Not a lot, but you know enough that it matters. Um, and not not wanting to make light of his misfortune, but I was looking at one of those sites. You know the ones that have a graphic of a of a player's body and it shows you where on sure. their body they've they've had injuries. I was sure. looking at Perriman and it, it's entirely down his right hand side, oh. almost almost exclusively. So yeah, um, I, I I've got I've got some hopes for him. They're not high hopes, but I think yeah, I think he's a good call. Um, maybe he's just got a lead with the left shoulder and the left arm. <laughs> you know, he's kind of strong enough to be able to get away with doing that. So. Yeah, 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 and I'll say people aren't going to end up on this episode of this lovely show uh, if there weren't question marks somewhere, right? They disappointed us like for a reason, right? So it's trying to find those people that can bounce back. And I love targeting players on defenses uh, where their offenses are bad. Just they have more opportunities to make plays. And sure, the Texans are in theory ascending. That offense is ascending. Uh, I don't think it's going to be quite there yet, especially with a rookie QB at the helm. Right. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities to rack up, you know, tackles or being around the ball. And I think Pearman is someone that people have kind of forgotten about because last year was kind of terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. But like you said, I, I, or like I said, yeah, I think he has a real chance to be decent this year. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So my my first guy is uh, Devondre Campbell. Um, it kind of feels like the the IDP community is just just willing Campbell to to just give way to Walker, and I can you know I can kind of understand why Walker's uh, you know he's that new shiny toy we all want to play with, and he's kind of proven that he he belongs already. So, but I I'd argue that the that Campbell's kind of he's going nowhere. Um, he had a larger snap share than Walker in every game he was healthy last year, uh, including the five games once he returned from injury from week 13 onwards. Uh, and in fact, he played every down in every game except two. And in one of those two games uh, was the one that he left with with an injury. So, you know, I think he's got a lot going for him. Oh, and he's also under contract for for several years and his, uh, his dead cap exceeds his cap savings uh, until something like, 2026 2027 as things currently stand obviously things can change so you know we all know his his stats dropped off last year um which has kind of hurt the perception of him a little bit but he finished with you know only 98 combined tackles no sacks no forced fumbles but that's you know largely because he missed he missed he missed a bit of time played almost 300 snaps fewer than he did the year before he's another guy on my list um who i know will have a, a sizable role next season um, you know, he's got Joe Barry returning as the DC. And even if Walker does surpass Campbell uh, in snap share and becomes the every, di- every down linebacker there, we know that Barry has that sort of proven tendency to to, to involve two linebackers quite extensively, actually. So I think there's a, a lot to like about Campbell um, this year, especially with an ADP of uh, 29, LB29 in the IDP show best ball drafts. That means we're drafting him to be what, like a mid-tier LB3? I'm I'm buying yeah. that value all day long. Are you a Campbell fan, Matt? Oh, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. So I'm actually living in Wisconsin, so I am very attuned to what the Packers are doing. Uh, and I think you, you nailed it, unsurprisingly. People have kind of forgotten about him, mostly... Maybe mostly because we love to live in that dynasty space where you're trying to find that new shiny toy that's going to be great. And as you mentioned, this is no slight on what I think Quay Walker can be and will be this year as well, because he's an absolute, you know, missile when he's out there and he plays really well. But it doesn't take 
you don't have to go too far in the past to see when Campbell was a top 15 guy, if, if not higher. Right. Uh, and people are kind of, yeah, shoving him away. They're like, please go away. So don't hurt Quay Walker. But, uh, and this is another offense with the Packers that I don't think is going to necessarily be super great with Jordan Love at quarterbacks. There'll be plenty of opportunities. Uh, Campbell has been just a stalwart on that defense forever. Uh, he, like you said, he's not going anywhere. They gave him a lot of money. He's going to get, you know, 85 90 of the snaps right so yeah especially did you say 29 28 that's that's uh, lb 29 yeah it's crazy right fide nuts like that's nuts uh i would absolutely smash that uh, at that value and 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 run yep yep that's where i'm at as well so who's your uh who's your your next linebacker so my next linebacker jok uh, there on the Browns, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, this you one, the, so this is a lot of projection again uh, on a defense that kind of like with the the Texans linebackers. I don't know if they know who they're going to be playing. Uh, if you remember the Browns last year, the linebacker situation was just a nightmare. We really thought after the 2021 rookie campaign that JOK had, uh, where 76 combined tackles, one and a half sacks, he only played. Uh, what 65% of the defensive snaps in his rookie year that he was really going to explode and that the defensive coaching staff was going to utilize him. And he was going to be the guy. What happened? He did get more playing time. He did go up to 75% of the defensive snaps, but his stats were exactly the same in 2022. Uh, if, again, if you remember, there's just a revolving door of linebackers due to injuries and the Browns being incompetent as they seemingly always are. Right? So you go into this year, not a whole lot has changed. Uh, in terms of the actual roster makeup on the Browns, but I'm assuming they are going to be smarter and actually be using JOK uh, more effectively than him. So, or than they did last year. So in terms of people that you can buy pretty low, I, I know last year really turned a bunch of people off on him that he's really falling. I don't have the ADP in these best balls uh, as you do. I'd be fascinated to see where he's landing, but you have a very talented young player who's still getting used to the league uh, with a coaching staff that hopefully now after two years will figure out how to actually use him effectively that you can get for almost nothing uh, who could be a starter on this defense and be very good. Yeah. Yeah. You're speaking my language. You know, he, I was one, I was one of those people this time last year. I had, I had huge hopes for, for JOK. I was, uh, you know, he's one of my favorites uh, going into the year. Maybe, you know, maybe my expectations and maybe those of the IDP community as well were a little too high given that he you know we we didn't expect him to hit the ground running but that's that's kind of what he did in in some ways certainly for a rookie right so he looked he looked the part um not the complete article but no you know no 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 rookie linebacker is but he kind of looked the part in his first year enough to give us a a lot of hope going into his second year that he was going to you know continue that ascent and become become this sort of modern linebacker who can cover you know converted safety um which uh, you know i talked about on other shows I, I really like yeah i think you know he had problems still still struggled with too many missed tackles which was kind of a problem in the first year and while his you know his coverage ability that i alluded to a minute ago is uh, you know, one of the better parts of his game. We're, we're not really seeing the the fruits of that in 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 fantasy. You know, he's he had no no ints and no no and only two. I think it's two. No, I'm telling a lie. Six pass breakups in two seasons. So you know, I'm slightly concerned. He lost his role to Jacob Phillips partway through last year for you know maybe a month or so. 
Um, but yeah, concerns aside, it, it was encouraging to note that with the exception of, um, you know, a couple of games, maybe one game, he he led the Browns linebackers in snap share down the stretch before missing the, the last the last month of the season or so. He's a real wild card for me. Uh, I'd love to see him succeed. Uh, he's one of my, my favorite players to watch at linebacker. I'm just not totally on board with the idea that it's going to happen. But this comes back to what you said earlier on. Nobody on this list is a surefire thing. And that's why that bounce back candidate, something's gone wrong either last year or the previous year or so on. So uh, yeah, he's certainly got the most upside uh, of any player in that linebacker room for the Browns. There's other people there that, you know, I've kind of got my eye on Anthony Walker, maybe uh, that's pretty much it. Thinking about it. Um, yeah. Like you say, a lot of bodies, none of them particularly talented, I'd like to see JOK emerge as the as the guy. Willie remains to be seen. We'll yeah, see. it's all, it's all based on where you can get him to. It's just I, it seems like the entire community is like, oh, he he ruined us last year. I'm completely out. And I think back to uh uh what's his name uh you know Jamin Davis for example uh there in Washington where people were completely out on him too. They're like, no, he's trash. He didn't live up to his expectations in that one year. Get rid of him. All of a sudden now he's probably the topic of other shows like this where he could become an LB1 this year, right? So you got to sometimes let your biases go go to the wayside and and just hope. It is messy in Cleveland. I, I will say of all the people that I'm going to be talking about today, he's the one that's like, oh, yeah, he, he could bust a little more. Uh, but for the price that you can get him, I, I think it's it's a gamble I'm going to take. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, right? Buy, buy the dip. Um, and that, that applies to quite a few guys on this list um, who are, you know, out of sorts. The perception on them is pretty low. Buy, buy them at this point, I think, for the most part. So, yeah, JOK, I like it. Uh, so my my next linebacker, uh, and to complete our linebacker selections, and this this one um, I went back and forth on. Um, and I'm cheating a little bit having him as a, as a bounce back, but it's, uh, it's Devin Lloyd. Um, I guess I'm talking about him bouncing back to what we saw uh, in two of his first three games as a, as a rookie when he kind of just took off, right? Uh, we were all like super excited. He just, he just balled out. Um, but, you know, it kind of went a bit west from there. And I could have chosen some more obvious names here, the, uh, you know, the Cole Holcombs of the world. He's, perhaps he's a little bit too obvious. Uh, Aziz Al-Shair, perhaps, talked about him on the last show. But no, I've, I've, I kind of stuck with Lloyd. Uh, I like making <laughs> difficult arguments. So so here we are. So I'm going to talk about Lloyd with some trepidation. You can kind of already sense that with how I started this here. But I've got quite a lot of concerns. But I want to just lay them out here and address each of those in, in turn. So uh, first and foremost, he looked, I'm not going to beat around the bush, he looked dreadful in coverage at times, right? Um, but almost all rookie linebackers struggle with aspect of the game out of the gate. Troy Anderson was just as bad. And we're talking about him as, uh, you know, this big thing this year. Christian Harris is even worse. Didn't see enough of Asamoa to, 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 to form any sort of concrete opinion of how he'd look in that in that sense. And the same with uh, Nakobe Dean. The only linebacker who really acquitted themselves well in coverage last year was, uh, was Walker, uh, Craig Walker. So, you know, his final season in college, he earned a, an 82 uh, PFF coverage grade. We just need to see some of that translate to the NFL level. I think it's not it's not unreasonable to expect Lloyd to improve in that area going forward. Um, second problem, uh, too many missed tackles. So yes, yeah, 14.6% missed tackle rate, way too high, left too many players on the field. Um, but again, you know, 
rookie linebackers struggle in that sense. Uh, none of the other man, the, the rookie linebackers I mentioned a, a moment ago had less than a, a 10% missed tackle rate last year. Again, Christian Harris was worse. Asamoa was worse. And again, like um, uh, who we were talking about a minute ago, Anderson, we're talking about uh, Asamoa as a breakout. Um, you know, tackling was one of Lloyd's strengths coming out, um, you know, as he entered the draft. So again, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect him to improve in that sense going forward. And the third major issue, I think, with uh, with Lloyd, um, and I'll, I'll combine three issues in one here. Uh, Aluakun's going nowhere. Uh, Lloyd lost his role, famously lost his role to Chad Moomer at one point last year, and they drafted another, another rookie linebacker in the fourth round this year. So in response to those points, firstly, the Jags DC, Mike Coldwell, loves going against the grain and utilizing two linebackers quite heavily. So it concerns me less that Aluakun's still there and still going to be doing his thing. Lloyd regained his role from Moomer after a couple of games and outsnapped him in seven of the final eight games of the season. So I'm a little less worried about Moomer than some. And Moomer, you know, didn't look particularly special either, especially also like uh, like Lloyd in coverage. And then the draft pick, Ventral Miller. I don't know what your thoughts on him are, but I'm, I'm just not a not a huge fan. He's more of a thumper. Uh, doesn't really have the look of a modern linebacker to me. Um, I think he will also struggle in pass coverage. Could prove me wrong, but hey, that's kind of where I'm at based on what I've seen. So yeah, you know, granted, I'm, I'm choosing to look at, at Lloyd's outlook through sort of rose-tinted glasses here and a little bit. And it, I kind of, I do accept that he, to, to sort of retain that large role, he's got to show improvement in, in more than one area. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's quite a big ask. But Matt, am I losing the plot here with, with Lloyd? Am I being too forgiving of the problems we've seen? I don't know, which is classic for, for Lloyd, because <laughs> all of all of the things that you mentioned are very accurate. Like the, the Muma taking over things was a bit scary, but as you mentioned, uh, Lloyd did come back with a vengeance, right? Uh, Foy State's not going anywhere, uh, and he's obviously top three, top one, depending who you talk to, you know, linebackers mm -hmm. out there. Um, but I think being again, unbiased, I, I, I would dare to say Lloyd had one of the more disappointing rookie campaigns out there, uh, where he was drafted and his fit on that defense. Uh, people were drafting him to be an immediate impact player, not someone that would be sitting on your practice squad, your taxi squad, or, you know, you know, bench or whatever. People were drafting him in redraft to be an impact starter. And he just yeah. wasn't that, as you mentioned, it takes time for people to get up to you know nfl speed uh people to figure out strengths and and weaknesses for the coaching staff uh so i why i say i'm sure i'm unsure glass half full me is like everything you're saying is right i think people are overvaluing muma maybe myself included based on that little tiny little blip there but lloyd won the job back and i don't like you mentioned i'm not worried about him not being a starter i think he's going to be out there all the time uh glass half empty Muma did show enough I think to take away potentially some of the snaps and some of those uh scoring opportunities but again the the value there for for Lloyd uh if he can fall he falls down a little bit uh he's going to be a starter on a team and that snaps equals points for the most part especially at that position so I don't think you're missing the mark I'm right there with you uh definitely a hold for me uh, I wouldn't try to you know sell low or whatever people would be doing right now uh, if you have him in dynasty I think you're hoping for the the glass half full uh in redraft formats 
depending on who's around him, I think there's people with uh, fewer red cards, but uh, red flags. But yeah, I think I, I, I do think uh, I do think brighter futures are ahead for him. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fair point. It, it I mean, we, I'm talking in in terms as if uh, you know Lloyd's going to win that that job outright and become a, an every down linebacker. But that that's what he was for for most of the first half of the season. But although he outsnapped Moomer down the stretch, it, it wasn't it wasn't entirely Lloyd's. You know, he didn't didn't play every every down again. I'm just quickly looking it up now for the final six games of the season. So maybe it will be a bit of a bit of both. Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, towards the end there, they were both getting around like four or five combined tackles. Like they were both like sure the snaps were there, but the production it didn't completely equate. Uh, if I'm that's just me trying to remember the end of last year. It's been a minute, uh, but which means they both can be viable. It's just we keep talking about it because it super matters in this fantasy landscape we live in. Uh, it's about when you get them, like what it costs you to get them, and what your expectations are. Yeah, I guess our only hope is that they don't cannibalize each other to the point where neither of them are uh, you know uh, a fantasy starter in idp outside of the deepest of leagues which is a, a very real possibility right yeah i mean i know looking at contract situations i'm not convinced Voyage stayed sticks around after this year in jacksonville his contract gets way expensive uh and i like again what lloyd has shown for promise and muma so i think there's a world where in dynasty all of a sudden both of them are the viable people uh, starting as early as next year and you can be like you can be absolutely positive that by that point I would have sold uh, Lloyd at his lowest point and gone <laughs> against everything I've talked about here, Isn't like it? I did with uh, Jamin Davis as well. Yep. Uh, I got I got tired of that situation and moved on, maybe a season too early. But hey, we all make mistakes, right? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so that's our linebackers done. So let's start with the uh, DL. So we kind of we kind of combine DEs and and DTs here. So uh, who's your first uh, defensive lineman? Yeah, I'm going to start with a very uh, common name that we've been talking about quite a bit uh, in the fantasy escape, and that is, you know, Chase Young. Like, this is the quintessential, you know, buy low comeback player of all of all the people, right? So much so that I almost didn't want to talk about him because it felt too obvious, but I think it's worth it. It showed so much promise his rookie year. Uh, 15 games started, seven and a half sacks 44 combined tackles uh defensive rookie of the year right like he was going to be the guy that commanders or at the time not the commanders but you know what i'm saying uh their defensive line was gonna be so good the defense would be so good and then in 2021 the entire defense sort of failed right it wasn't just chase young failing it was the entire defense did not live up to the expectations that we had for them and i think they were real expectations they were just the failings of a failing team right sure he had injury issues he only played nine games uh, only one and a half sacks because of it. Uh, but I, I feel like that's more of a failure of the totality of the defense necessarily than just him. Come to 2022, obviously, major injury problems. Didn't really play. He appeared in three games. You know, not a whole lot of stuff happening there. So come to this year, right? I This is going to be the craziest thing. I, I promise I'm not, any, not on anything. I think the commanders are figuring something out. I think the commanders are going to do some good things. I love the emergence of uh, Darren Darren Payne uh, on that defensive line. Um, he's an absolute stud. Uh, obviously, Sweat had a pretty decent year. Like I, I think that what we thought they would be in 2021 uh, is what they are going to be in 2023, which means good things for uh, for my guy Chase Young. Granted, he's got to be healthy. He's got to play. Um, in terms of a bounce back, he just has to do, I don't know, 
anything and he could be considered like he he's come back a little bit uh but again people have just completely sold so or sent the ship like he's just no one no one is really talking about him as a viable player so you can just pay absolutely nothing for him and if he does anything in return it was worth it yeah i'm I'm on board with this one so um i did a i did a pod with adam zika sticky z and he he listed uh young as one of his top 10 idps in the uh, nsc east and i i didn't have him on, on my list um it was towards the back end admittedly i didn't have him on my list i Maybe I should have. So I, I kind of started looking into things a bit, a bit more detail. And yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I've come around um, a little bit on him after thinking about it some more. So, you know, he's got everything to prove in his, in his contract year. Uh, health appears to be in a good place based on what he was saying. And, you know, granted, we take some of what these, these guys say with a pinch of salt sometimes. Should play a big role. Again, that's a, a major factor in, you know, how these guys can become bounce backs they need to play a major role you can't you can't you can't produce if you're not on the field right the only other guy i can see earning snaps other than young and montez sweat sweat is uh, fa abada and you know i can't see him eating into either sweat or young's role in a in a big way so um again comes back to health we know this with young telling people nothing they don't already know if he can stay healthy has a decent chance to recover uh, at least some of that form we saw in his uh, in his rookie years or flashes of. So yeah, we know about his potential. Can he stay on the field? Can he deliver? He's motivated to do so, even if he's not going to be on the Commanders next year when they didn't pick up his fifth year option, did they? So he's playing for a contract either with the Commanders or elsewhere. Let's see what happens. I but yeah, I'm on board with this one, Matt. I like it. If it's not happening this year, it's not happening, right? So. That's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm hesitating to say now or never. I, I don't like. I've, I've been wrong before when I said when I said such things. But yeah, it's you know, it's really crunch time for him now. Yeah, I'll say it. Fantasy receipts can come at me. It's now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So my next guy is is maddening. He's uh, he's he's Kenny Clark. Um, you know, he always generates as a, as an interior guy. He always generates a, a ton of pressure. But his sack numbers haven't haven't always followed. So he had a career high nine sacks in 2019. Otherwise, he's been flirting with between sort of four and six sacks in five of the last six seasons, which is you know reasonable for for a DT. But you know it kind of worries you if, if he's your starter. So there's some danger in predicting a bounce back year for him for for those very reasons. However, you know crucially, despite his recent sort of history, we know that guys who continue to produce good pressure rates tend to get sacks eventually different position of course but you know max crosby is a good example of of this after his sort of dire 2021 season the same used to apply to to brandon graham um for, for that sort of four or five year stretch look at what these guys kind of went on to do uh, just last year combined for like 29 sacks i think the dam will break for clark eventually it might not be a crazy double digit sack year but i think he can he's the kind of player that it wouldn't surprise me at all if he came close to that one of the other things working in clark's favor in addition to his pressure rate is the fact that he has a huge snap volume for a dt and you can't say the same for many dts in the league especially with the recent uh tendency to move away from having starters and backups and just rotating defensive linemen so he's he's a guy that's that's a pretty safe bet to see north of sort of 70% snap share in every game. Um, we know opportunity is king in fantasy. I said that earlier. So yeah, going forward, 
His role's likely to remain unchanged under Joe Barry, who, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be returning as the, the DC. Clark will be attacking the B-gap, which is something I kind of like from mid DTs, unless sort of talking, you know, Dexter Lawrence. And there's nobody really there on Clark's level to compete for snaps. So uh, guess where guess where Clark's being taken relative to other defensive linemen in the IDP best ball drafts, Mac? Guess what his ADP is? Kenny Clark. Uh, is he in the 40s? He is the DL 104 or the DT 26. Oh, oh close. Okay, DT yeah. 20. I guess it went, yeah, yeah, I went straight DT. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, that's some good value there. Uh, are we sure that I'm the one living in Wisconsin? Because this is two Packers, <laughs> two Packers for you. Here. I know, I know. I was mindful of that. I didn't think about that. But look, I mean, he's being taken uh two rounds later than Jordan Davis who can be a talented player but in IDP in fantasy is he going to generate the pass rush he's getting a, he's going a hundred picks later than Draymond Jones who and I kind of like Jones um sure. but he's never had more than seven sacks in a season and he's just joined a team who are famous for rotating defensive linemen make it make sense to me Matt it, where it, are you it, at on Kenny Clark it doesn't I think it's a great candidate uh I know we hear or we here at, at the IDP show love the big three scoring, right? So focus more on those big splash plays. I typically play in more balanced scoring formats. That's just my preference. And his tackle floor is incredible, right? Like, especially at that defensive tackle position where you don't typically get a whole lot of consistent tackles. Uh, he's already going to be perfectly fine uh, where he already is there. And then add in everything that you just said about, you know, the pressure rates and, you know how eventually you'll come back to the mean in terms of those sacks, which are hard to predict. I think you nailed it. Like all it's going to take is a few, only a few more sacks, right? And your take would have already been accurate, uh, especially like I said with that with that really nice tack floor at that position. So especially in DT required leagues, uh, I love him. You said DT twenty seven. Uh, that's great, right? And then in terms of those best balls in the hundreds, like that. That doesn't seem right. I feel like uh, at that point, there's going to be some rookies that are going out there that might not even play, right? There are. That, exactly where, that. That's where, where rookies just ahead of him. Yeah. Exactly. Where we're, we like those shiny new things, right? Like, I will say this. This is the case for me. There's nothing sexy about Kenny Clark, right? Like, there's not, uh, it's not the sexy pick, but in order to score points, you got to play. He's getting, like you said, per near 80% of the defensive snaps there. He's on the field, he's getting the pressure rates. Uh, eventually it's going to come back together and he's going to explode for you. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. And if he doesn't explode, he'll at least be a, you know, a really good DT2. At the minute exactly. he's being taken as a, you know, a, a high end, a mid to high end D, DC3, which I think is is below, below, below where he should be at. But hey, Agreed. that's just me. Should say, I do, I, I respect the the opinions of the people that have taken part in those, uh, in those best ball drafts. But, you know, my take is that Clark's worth more than he's been uh, he's been given right now in those in those in those drafts so if everyone um, was right then everyone would win fancy championships this every is year, it right yeah and we wouldn't have a job talking about it so yeah embrace debate yep so who's your next uh, defensive lineman yeah this is definitely someone that would not qualify in the people have forgotten about him necessarily uh but it's aaron donald like the guy right he flirted with retirement after last year uh, and the year before that even like he's will he won't he he is playing yes he had a down year last year yes he was injured so he only played in 11 games uh 
pulling up the stats here. He only and only ended up with five sacks as a defensive tackle. Ugh, what a utter disappointment, which he was based off of where he was being drafted, right? But I feel like no one's talking about him. Uh, and no one's really talking about anyone on that Rams defense other than Ernest Jones, right? There's like there's a bunch of no names everywhere. Uh on that defense. Again, that offense, I don't fully trust. So this defense is gonna have a lot of snaps, a lot of opportunities to get points. And Eric Donald is still very, very good at football. Uh, again, you have to assume health in all of this, right? But he plays back to those 16, 17 games, at least. He is going to outperform wherever he's being. I, I'm seeing him ranked as like D, DL, I don't know, 8 to 12 some places, which might be right with sort of the top five guys. But after that tier one of dudes, uh, Donald should be right back up there. So I think people, even at the you know, being ranked eight, nine, 10. I think people have forgotten just how dominant he is when he's healthy. And then add those additional snaps that he's going to have. Uh, I think people getting him at that eight through 10 spot are getting a steal. Yeah, man. I, I, I still more than happily take Donald as a DT one. Um, I, I have, and I, I, I'd, I'd sleep well at night. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with this Donald choice a bit. We all know what he can do. He's still only 32 years old. He's no, he's not the the dinosaur that some make him out to be. Uh, I've seen some redraft ranks that suggest he completely dropped off a cliff last year. Not the case. He still had the 12th best pressure rate amongst all interior defensive linemen. He missed time, you know. Again, same is true with a lot of people on this list. He'll continue to earn, like you said, there's there's very little else on that roster at his position, but on that defensive roster. Um, he'll continue to earn the kind of snap share that just dwarfs most of the other DTs uh, in the league. He just wasn't, and this is the thing with Donald, right? He's just not head and shoulders above other people at his position any longer. That's what we've grown used to seeing for the last X many years. He's just not that guy anymore. It wouldn't surprise me if he put together uh, the DT one season next year, not massively so anyway, but he's just not head and shoulders above all the other guys. There's a bunch of other guys that have all closed that gap um, we talk about them now in, you know, a tier rather than Donald in one tier on his own and then anybody else. So, yeah, as long as we're drafting with that in mind, I think there's huge value to be had there. And I know that Josh Raymer uh, is is a big fan. He's been picking them up in pretty much all of those best ball, best ball drafts that I was talking about. So, yeah, I love the pick, Matt. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see him have a big year. Yeah, Josh Raymer's a smart guy. He sure is. He sure is. Um, so my next guy is actually my my favorite guy on my uh, on my list. It's uh, Shaquille Barrett. Um, mm. uh, now I'm biased, obviously, um, in in nominating him. Uh, but hey, it's my list, right? So I'm allowed. But this this guy was a, an absolute menace on the edge for the Bucks for for a three year period. He had 43 sacks between 2019 and 2021. Um, and those weren't those weren't lucky sacks. He was he wasn't finishing at some crazy rate that he couldn't sustain. He was top four amongst all edge rushers in two of those uh, two of those years in pressures, and he was the top uh, producer of pressures in the other. So, uh, yeah, he, you know, he had a quieter than usual start to last year before um, suffering the injury. I think it was an, an Achilles. But I'm over. I'm willing to overlook the quiet start to the year because you know the last the body of evidence over the three years prior suggests that you know he was still a, a fantastic player. Obviously, the question isn't talent; it's more about how is he going to recover. 
And can he recover and bounce back rather at age 30 from what was a, a major injury? He says, uh, and this could be, again, a bit of optimism uh, on his part, but he says he doesn't anticipate missing any games. Uh, in fact, he said the he hasn't he hasn't experienced any um, pain at all since the second day after surgery. Again, maybe we're not believing that entirely. But despite what he says, you know, the question still remains, can a 30-year-old recover from a, a major injury uh, to, to become the player he was before? I guess my argument is that he doesn't, he doesn't really have to in order to be valuable in, in fantasy. Even if he got only partway back, say 75% of Shaquille Barrett, still fantastic. He's being taken as the Edge 37 or the DL 51, barely ahead of uh, David Ajabo, who... You know, we all like his his potential, but he's yet to do he's yet to do anything in the league, right? Um, in Dynasty, sure, I can see with going with with a Jabo above someone like a Barrett, but they, these were these were based on redraft formats. So, you know, um, he has little competition. If healthy, he'll step right back into a, a sizable role. Tryon Shink has been slightly disappointing. Um, they drafted Yaya Diaby, but I don't think he's going to see a, a massive. Uh, a massive snap share from the get-go. Um, so yeah, I, I really like um, I really like Barrett's outlook. Where are you at on Barrett? Yeah, I think I think I'm with you. Uh, I love the established veterans that just do it, right? They just do it. I'm a noted Patriots fan. Love me or hate me, uh, you're probably right. Uh, hey, yeah. and the similar <laughs> player in like uh like Jawan Bentley, right? Where he obviously just got paid. But he he's not a household name. He just goes and and does it week in, week out and scores you points. That's what Barrett has been forever, right? And as you mentioned, even his slow start last year after I think he only played eight games, he still was on pace to having a pretty decent year from that position at age 29. So, yes, the injury concern or the injury concerns me a little bit. But as you mentioned, there is no one behind him that's necessarily pressuring him out the door, right? There, there's there's no up-and-comer that we're trying to keep off the field. It's his job to lose. If he's hasn't felt pain since day two of the shirt, that's crazy. If that's true, uh, then he's a freak. He will come back, <laughs> right? Uh, and be very good. And I, like you mentioned, I think the, the key point here is we're not expecting Barrett to go back to his breakout campaign that had 19 and a half sacks, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's that would be ill-advised to have that expectation but you tell me at the end of the year he comes back with what eight eight sacks seven eight sacks uh that's already more than enough to make up for that adp right there so i i think you're spot on i i love targeting those people people like that that people yeah you can have your jabo who's done absolutely nothing i will put my money on the player that's been a productive professional player for what eight years at this point uh, to come back and be productive again. Yeah, absolutely. I know that, um, you know, Todd, Todd Bowles, he had his best years under, under Todd Bowles as the, as the DC and he's now, uh, you know, he's, he's no longer the DC, but I'm expecting him to have his, his, his fingerprints all over this, this defense really as the, as the, as the head coach there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I'm being too optimistic about Barrett. I'm open to the idea that I am, but yeah, I, I, I love him. Well, if I can pick him up, where sort of DL thirty-seven, I'd, I'd take him over someone like. And I'm not criticizing Ojabo. Uh, you know, he could become a really good player, but I'm taking Barrett over Ojabo all day long. 
I like seeing it first and redraft believing it. Uh, and I'm going to sound like a broken record pun intended. Uh, but this Buccaneers offense is going to be bad. I don't care if it's Baker. I don't care uh, if it's Kyle Trask or insert someone else comes out of nowhere. Uh, there are going to be plenty of opportunities for that Tampa Bay defense to make plays. Uh, and Barrett will be one of those players that's going to see those opportunities. I'm I'm just weeping over here. My Chris Godwin shares everywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still holding out some hope that uh, it'll, it'll all work out. So much I, talent. So I mean, much the, talent. I mean, yeah, it's an IDP show. I mean, the offense has some potential, right? But they're not going to be good. It's not. No. They're not going to be sustaining big drives regularly, which uh, ends up being a plus for the defense as, defensive assets. Good. For sure, for sure. Okay, let's give the uh, the DB some love. Who's your uh, your first DB? Yeah, let's go with one former, I think, third overall pick a few years ago uh, in Jeff Okuda, who finds himself on a new team. He's now on the Falcons after they traded for him, previously on the Lions. Uh, I have always been a fan of Okuda. Uh, he notably had a pretty major uh, injury uh, before 2021 season. So we kind of set out the entire year. Didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, but last year was kind of a mini breakout for him at that cornerback spot there in Detroit. He had uh, 73 combined tackles, a couple tackle for a loss on interception uh, that he actually returned for a touchdown and seven passes defended uh, when healthy, which has always been his thing when healthy He's produced very well. He finds himself on a new defense, a new rebuilding defense. Obviously, there's a bunch of other uh, really nice pieces in that uh, defensive backfield uh, in Atlanta. But I think he's going to be one of those guys that just plays a whole lot. Uh, I think the Falcons offense is going to uh, be good enough that they're going to end up in some shootouts, right? Which typically means to more passes coming Akuda's way, especially when he's like the what CB2 there i'm blanking is it aj terrell uh, i'm blanking terrell, on yeah. yeah it's terrell uh that often yields really nice things when there's a more shutdown corner on the other side because people aren't gonna be throwing to them they'll be throwing at your guy uh so people have kind of forgotten about akuda because he's he, I, in terms of where he was drafted obviously a major nfl disappointment but the falcons didn't go and trade for him to not put him out there right they didn't trade him just to bench him so uh is I, always with cornerbacks unless there's one, a couple there's a couple uh, 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 exceptions but just in cornerbacks required leagues here you're not gonna be starting him over most safeties right but i i do think that that he will provide more value than wherever he's being drafted yeah is this is the this is the only <laughs> this is the only guy you've you've mentioned that i am not i'm not sold on um uh. I so I I really wanted him to be good. I, most corners actually, I feel like they've got such a they got such a hard time out there, right? I, it's the one position like, I I imagine myself playing in the NFL and think, God, like playing corner must be hell. Like it's it at the end the way the rules set up, the whole game set up for you to fail, right? It's got to be really difficult. But I I've just been really disappointed with uh, Okuda um, since uh, since he was drafted based on as you said the draft capital. Um, you know, where he was drafted, the hype coming out. So, but if we ignore the year he barely played, the year before last, he did show, if I'm honest, he did show some improvement from year one to year three, which I'm going to call his second year for the sake of argument. So maybe, 
maybe if he can con continue to develop, um, we can see some some improvement again uh, going into his fourth year, and maybe the scheme change will will help too. We've seen it benefit um, other guys before. We talked about, or I talked about, uh, Devondre Campbell earlier on. He's a guy who. Um, you know, played before he came to the Packers, but he wasn't particularly good. All of a sudden came to the Packers and he was like uh, a year before last, one of the best linebackers in the league, right? So maybe the scheme change will benefit um, Akuda. I think um, the point you made about Terrell is a notable one. I know that Terrell took a little bit of a backward step last year, but um, yeah, playing uh, playing opposite Terrell should mean that um, Okuda sees more more targets. It won't quite be, I don't think, on the level of that game against the Jets last year when he was targeted something like four, 14 times. They really yeah, picked him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more passes thrown his way equals more tackles, certainly. Possibly more defensive breakups, more pass breakups. So I don't believe him in it as a player, but I do think he's going to have a role this year. Um, so he could have a, a career year. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I just love like the worst starters on teams in the defensive <laughs> backfield. You know, like looking at this new form Falcons defense, you have AJ Sproul, as we mentioned, Richie Grant, who had a breakout year last year. Uh, and then they, they signed Jesse Bates, right? And then yep. it'll be Jeff Okuda as the fourth guy there. Uh, I think obviously Jeff Okuda would be the fourth player there, which typically leads to more targets. Obviously, they're, you know, safeties and cornerbacks all combined there. Um, but I, I think he's going to be picked on a little bit, which for fantasy purposes, not real life purposes, uh, is great. So, yeah, I, I, I'll be I'm hoping I'm really hoping this is the year because, again, the talent's there. It's just stay healthy and you're and you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. Uh, and yet you make you make a lot of good points. While I don't believe in him as a player yet, all of the ingredients are there for him to have a good fantasy season, which is all we care about. It's what we're here uh, to talk about, right? Breakouts. So yeah, uh, I can, I, I can see, I can see your point. And uh, yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong to talk about him as a player too much here, but yeah, from a fantasy perspective, can see him, can see him doing things. So my first uh, defensive back is uh, Cam Curl. So I, I have him on my list here, um, and I should hold my hands up. I had him on my list here last year. Um, we were saying the same things. Landon Collins was gone. Uh, Curl's ready to step into more of a box role, and, and he's primed for a massive year. And, you know, he did spend more time in the box. Um, but he but he also fell short of expectations. Um, he had some pretty quiet weeks just before the midway point in this season. Um, but... And when he was on the field as well, actually, thinking about it, he, he actually played well, really well. In fact, he was PFF's um, DB5, sorry, safety five uh, on the year. So, uh, yeah, he might have finished strongly, but all in all, it was a disappointing year. But one of the things I like um, about Curl, and this will sound like a negative to start with, he didn't manage many big plays last, last year. I like to flip that on its head a little bit, uh, mindful that some of those splashy plays are just the result of pure luck being in the right place at the right time. So um, one of the things I look for in a player, in a safety specifically, is, um, you know, a good good tackle efficiency, good tackle volume, um, and um, the ability to produce more splash plays going forward. So I've got that safe weekly floor from the tackles. Can he reach that next, next level by producing a few more sacks, forced fumbles, interceptions, P, PBs? So, yeah. 
Curl kind of fits that mold for me. In fact, he, he ticks a lot of boxes for me. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, he's a guy, here's a guy that played the majority of his snaps in the box. He has a sizable role. He's a good player rather than one who's kind of just lucked into a role based on lack of other uh, players on the roster. And we've seen flashes of what he can do in other healthier seasons. So I think health sort of permitting, I think Curl can surpass 100 tackles, maybe go even better. Um, the community is obviously on board. He, he's the a safety 16 in the best ball ADP. I really like him. What say you? Where are you at on, on Curl? Are you as, uh, as high on him as I am? Oh, if not higher, to be honest, uh, not not great for the debate on the on this podcast. But yeah, we're aligned. I I love Cameron Girl. I love you know obviously where he lines up on that defense. The injury, you know, can't predict injuries, so you got to hope for health. And you know, Derek Forrest's emergence also scares me a little bit in terms of the splitting up of you know the stats, but. Curl's going to be out on the field. Again, he's used in the right spot. He's shown a knack for at least getting tackles, which is great. You obviously love to see the splash plays get higher. I think that just comes naturally. Like it's it, it it's one of those things that's hard hard to predict as long as you're in the right spot to make the plays. You know, there's going to be that chance. So in terms of that breakout, yeah, again, last year I was drinking the proverbial Kool-Aid. I was like, this is going to be the guy. He's going to do it. He didn't. That, but the nice thing about him disappointing, though, is he didn't disappoint in, I don't know, like a Chase Young way where, like, you got nothing. Like, you didn't do anything. Like, he was still a productive player. He just wasn't that the breakout we were expecting. Kind of like uh, another guy, Jalen Phillips, last year. Everyone's on him. He had a good year. He didn't have the breakout year. But, again, we're kind of predicting that for this year for him. I digress. Uh, so, yeah, I'm right there with you with Curl. I I would be happy to have him as my, you know, late, db1 early db2 and just hoping that he finally makes that emergence up into that top 10 or 12 for sure for sure and by the way i i love phillips i think he's gonna have a a big year that's um, what we said last year so we'll yeah. see <laughs> i i i think he's i think he's primed but hey, I, I, we'll, we'll I come back so. to this we'll do, I think we'll so do a too. show We'll so do a too. show next year. We'll we'll revisit that point. Maybe we'll talk Perfect. about uh, uh, defensive linemen. But yeah, so yeah, that's curl for me. So who's your uh, who's your next DB? Yeah, another guy that's been around forever, uh, but had a bit of a disappointing year due to partially injuries, partially un unclear. But it's Jordan Poyer uh, in Buffalo. Uh, he only played twelve games. He only ended up with sixty three combined tackles, one forced fumbles, uh, uh, yeah, eight passes defended. He ended up with four interceptions, which is, you know, the nice splash plays, but no sacks. So the splash plays are a bit down for respect. The tackles were a bit down. Uh, really, that entire Buffalo defense didn't really live up to, in my opinion, all the expectations we had on the whole uh, for them. But come to this year, we expect health. Uh, he's still very good. He was previously a perennial a uh, 95 plus combined tackle guy uh, with enough splash plays that you could consistently expect one a couple once every few weeks, right? So I don't know why we aren't really talking about him back in in that vein. Uh, he's not extremely old. He's 32. That's he's still got plenty of years left of being valuable. He's not going to be going anywhere on the Buffalo defense. Like he's kind of the heart and soul of that at this point, especially uh, now that. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine. Yeah, I always mix him up. Uh, the linebacker's gone uh, to uh, 
uh, to the Bears. So there, there's going to be an opportunity for him to to soak up more of those tackles. I'm not completely convinced in the rookie or second year coming right in uh, and, and taking those linebacker snaps in any given way. I'm blanking on his name. Dorian Williams? Dorian Williams. Yep. Uh, yeah. So for me, I think this is a, a pretty easy bounce back to expect those 90-plus tackles. You can probably get him uh, as your DB uh, where's do you know off the top of your head or can you see yeah. where he's being drafted yeah let me look it up yeah i, I would he's, be guessing in the oh, it's safety 16 surprises me actually i was um, gonna guess mid mid 10 so i i think this is a guy that comes back to being in top 10 again yeah uh look i i love uh jordan jordan poyer i think unless you're a, you're a fan of one of the other teams in his division uh, most most people probably do. He's he's yeah. been one of those guys that's just been around forever uh, and been producing forever. I think in some ways he's one of those guys, certainly in recent years, who's been really good, but who doesn't always get the recognition in fantasy um, unless you're in one of those big play scoring leagues. So, yeah, as you said, the tackle numbers have dropped off a little bit in the last two years, but he's got the he's the kind of guy that can make the, those plays in coverage to kind of um, – uh, to make up for it. So he's going to get you interceptions. He's going to get you pass breakups. Um, I remember looking back at his uh, uh, his progress through the 2021 season. And I think, and I might be exaggerating here uh, for the sake of making my point, but I think uh, by the halfway point in the season, he had almost as many interceptions as he'd had catches allowed uh, when, he, when he was being targeted in coverage, which just blew my mind. He's just one of those guys who's just superb. Now, you know, can he can he bounce back and record a few more tackles to provide us with a bit of a safer floor, so we don't have those those really quiet weeks? I, I'm unsure. Um, you make a good point about the the gap left by by Edmonds and whether you know Williams or, or Dodson or Bernard can fill that fill that gap. Um, but yeah, I I, I love Poyer. Uh, I'd love to see him bounce back. I think he's got a reasonable a reasonable chance to do so. He's not he's not super old. I was gonna ask how old he was. I thought he was 31, 32. So yeah, I guess the question just remains how long can he keep it up? I think he can keep it up for another season at least. Oh, for sure. And, and I, I like him in that those redraft formats where yeah, that best ball is going at 16. That's great. That's crazy great value for whomever is drafting him there. Uh yeah, how much longer can he do it? Who knows? I yeah, at least has one more year in him. So go get him. That's all we need, really. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, my uh, my final final player uh, and my safety here is da, 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 Eddie Jackson. So everyone's raving about uh, Jackson's uh, partner at safety, uh, Jaquan Brisker, and yeah, I kind of understand why after seeing what Brisker did last year. You know, pretty pretty damn good. But but Jackson um, also had a really good year until he got got injured um it was shaping up to be i think one of his best seasons since that that crazy sort of sophomore season he had um for the bears so in fact depending on your scoring system jackson may even have outscored brisker on a per game basis i know he finished as one of the top dbs in most scoring systems on a per game basis so despite missing the last sort of five and a half games jackson had a career high in tackles with uh, 82 combined, two forced fumbles, four interceptions, three pass breakups, and allowed only a 69 passer rating in coverage. So, yeah, pretty pretty damn good year until the injury. There's no one there to steal snaps from him this year. And his DC from last year, Alan Williams, is returning in 2023, which gives me some 
some optimism, not reading too much into it, but some optimism that we could see Jackson's strong performance continue, carry over to this year. Um, you know, we know safety is a, a volatile one in, in fantasy. Jake and Evan talked about it on their DB pod just the other day. Um, the chances of these top performers at safety repeating year on year as a top safety are fairly small, again, compared to other defensive positions. But I'm I'm kind of just really looking forward to seeing what Jackson can do in this scheme next year. And I have him on my bounce back list for all those reasons. So where where's your head at with uh, with Jackson, Matt? Do you do you agree or are you uh, are you a Jackson hater? Definitely not a hater because last year he won me a good amount of money because he was exactly as you described him. Uh, everyone is focused on Brisker, uh, which I was preseason two, but I let Eddie Jackson kind of slip slip under the radar right there and all he did was produce the, the entire year again he obviously got injured which was unfortunate uh but yeah absolutely on pace for a career year my only trepidation uh which i forget which podcast i was listening but it was on this lovely channel uh is the fact that now that there's competent linebackers again you know first time seemingly since roquan smith in tremaine edmonds and tj edwards uh and say what you will about jack sanborn but he's proven he can tackle uh I I fear there's going to be fewer tackles or fewer rushers making it to the secondary for those tackles. That's my only fear. I will say in terms of the ADP perspective, though, uh, again, I am very huge on Jaquan Bisker, very biased because I bought him very low last year in some of these things. And he obviously did very, very well as well. Uh, I am just well I, I sorry i i like that you can get eddie jackson for cheaper if i'm going one of those two at their adps i, I will absolutely take the value there with jackson because unclear who's going to end up getting those tackles because there will be you know a good share that do make it to them uh so yeah i like him at his adp more so yeah i'm, I'm with him that's good i was just looking up the uh the adp uh between the two guys actually brisker is going uh adp 79 or 80 if i round up as the safety four, whereas Jackson is way, way down. In this as the safe, safety thirty-two, ADP two on two. I think if you miss out on a on a brisker, you should be quite happy picking up uh picking up Jackson as a Absolutely. you know as a as a consolation prize. I'd be pretty happy with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you know that kind of brings us to the end of our bounce back list, uh Matt. So let's do a let's do a quick recap. Uh, the guys we chose. So I had uh, Devondre Campbell and Devin Lloyd, tentatively, at, at linebacker. Kenny Clark and Shaquille Barrett, bullish, uh, on the defensive line. And Cam Curl and Eddie Jackson at safety. Can you go ahead and remind our listeners who, who you had? Absolutely. I had Aaron Donald, uh, Chase Young, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, uh, Denzel Perryman, Jeff Okuda, and Jordan Poyer. What a great list. So, you know, there you have it. Matt, before we wrap up, can you uh, can you please tell our, our listeners where to find you on Twitter? And uh, obviously feel free to share any any cool or interesting things you're involved with uh, as, uh, as we go into the season ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So on Twitter, I am at mrecord21. Uh, as you mentioned to start the show over IDP guys, you can see all of my content on there. I also love making musical parodies, uh, which you'll find on, on any of the socials. Uh, I find them fun to make. I hope people like them, uh, but I just try to try to have fun and fantasy and that hopefully that translates into the content I'm making. 
you were uh, i love that you have your keyboard right by your mic you played me a little a little ditty before there we go right there right there yeah oh, no, i was gonna ask you when i gotta hear any more of your your dulcet tones you never know uh, an inspiration will strike you know <laughs> my wife's a huge fan you're kind of bridging that gap she's not a huge nfl fan but you you are gonna be my my route into the nfl <laughs> that's that's earnest <laughs> That's earnestly what I try when I started doing the whole content creation thing. That's what I was trying to do. I was like, there's not a whole lot of content that in the fantasy space that my girlfriend at the time would like, right? So it's like, I can, I can bridge that gap. Like that's, let's get more people involved. And now she just completed my fiance. Now she's upgraded. I just completed her first Scott fishbowl draft. She's in all of these leagues. She beat me in my family's fantasy league. So, so it is possible. It is possible. You just got to find a, find a way in. You got it. You got it. So she's got crowing rights right now, bragging rights on you if she's beating um, you in your fantasy league. Yeah, my family will not let me live it down. Good to hear it. And not, neither will we now that we now that we know now, about now it. that everyone knows. You yeah, sure. You shouldn't have told us. Um, so yeah, that about does it, listeners. We hope you found this useful. If you want to hit me up and tell me where or why all my takes are really stupid, you can find me on Twitter at Jace Abbey. And if you're craving yet more fantasy IDP content, head on over to the idpshow.com and subscribe for just $5 a month. You can get access to some of the best IDP content around, including the draft kit, rankings, articles, comprehensive best ball draft ADP. You've heard me talk about on this episode from some 42, 43 completed drafts right now and much, much more. Okay, sales pitch over with. We're signing off. Matt, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Anytime. And thanks to our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Take care out there. Good luck in your fancy drafts. And bye for now. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>